company with Jason Martin, who's the head brewer here. How you guys doing? Hey, Jason. Welcome, welcome. Thanks. Doing very Glad good. to have you guys. Cheers. Thank you for making us this beer, actually. Yeah, Jason, made this yeah. hazy dreams we're drinking right now, mm -hmm. which is fantastic. Yeah. So one of the things that's really cool mm -hmm. about going around to all these different breweries in San Diego is you kind of learn that there's a community here. And so I'd be interested to hear kind of what your experience has been. Most people don't just start at one brewery. They, they can kind of work their way around. They learn from people. They learn processes. And then eventually they kind of move up and become a head brewer somewhere. So what's your kind of background? Uh, I think to start from the very beginning, yeah. uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale oh, wow. is just like, you know, drinking the big macros, you know, not really understanding beer. And then all of a sudden, yeah. just like, what is this hoppy thing that I'm drinking right now? And <laughs> that got me into it. And then, you know, that was early 2000s and then started homebrewing shortly after that. Uh, tried to get in at Pizza Port. So I was working as a floor manager there for quite some time, okay. but never made it to Brewside over there. Went over to Mother Earth Brewing and uh, started from the bottom over there. Yeah. Within about two and a half years, I was the evening brewing supervisor. And uh, from there, went over to Fall Brewing. Yeah. And uh, was hired there as uh, one of the brewers and did about three years there. Uh, we put out some great beers, got to meet a lot of people. A lot of brewers end up going there on the regular. So I yeah. got to meet a lot of the different uh, crew in uh, San Diego. Then, uh, came here after that nice yeah so for those out here that don't know it's a very collaborative sort of craft yeah. so uh when you talk about fall fall does a lot of collaboration so a lot of brewers will come in and collaborate with the guys and you learned a lot right? absolutely yeah um what's your just out of curiosity so what do you think the appeal is in, in san diego specifically too with ipas because ipas i don't know 10 years ago were kind of a fringe sort of like you were talking about like Sierra Nevada, Anchor Steam in the old days too was, right. you know, right? Yeah. Um, but it's exploded to the point where sometimes when you go in and look at a beer list, it's there's 20 beers, there's 10 IPAs on there. So what do, what do you attribute that to them? The consumer. Yeah. You know, people, people <laughs> just love IPAs. I mean, there's so many different variants. I mean, there's over a hundred different hop varieties and there's just so many different ways to build them. You know, and it's like, you want a black IPA, a white IPA, a hazy, you know, there's all these different styles and you can just make something to appeal to everybody. And you know, with the, the craze going on with it, yeah, you gotta have several different ones on. Yeah, that makes so, sense. I guess what you're saying is that there's a lot of complexities to IPAs. There's a lot of different ways to build one you just said. Absolutely. So with all these different ways to do that, there brings in a form of creativity. Like you're the creative genius behind these brews and these beers and how they're crafted. So how much of how much creativity do you really put into this stuff? Man, there's even right now it's it's about taking different IPAs and maybe merging those different styles together. Like what I'm drinking right now is kind of uh, a blend between a West Coast IPA and a hazy IPA. We took all the things that we liked about West Coast, all the things that we like about hazy, and we made this thing. So it's not quite it's What hazy. is that thing? This is called uh, Fresh Beats. We're calling it a juicy IPA. Nice. So it, it has a little bit of clarity to it, but it has you know really strong, fruity, juicy notes to it. Yeah. So talk about, uh, we'll, we're gonna get to the chemistry of this in a minute, but talk about uh, hazy. So I remember- Yeah, right? 
ten, we're, like, we're like, what is a hazy? But ten years ago, the first hazy, it was unfiltered, was uh, Alpine Nelson, mm-hmm. which I had about ten years ago. And it was you know cloudy, and it was an unfiltered beer. But now I'm learning that some of the, especially some of the bigger breweries, they're doing a hazy, which has become the term, but they'll put lactose in it, I believe, to give it that, that cloudiness. So I would you, say more that's uh, more of the milkshake style IPAs where okay. they are going for a really thick body, having a lot of residual sweetness, and then they'll take different hops that have more berry or fruit notes as opposed to you know your dank, resinous, pine, okay. and stuff like that. Yeah. So what is a hop? Tell people out there, what is it like if you were out in nature? What does it look like? Yeah. What is it? It looks like a green pine cone. Mm. You know, they're probably a little bit bigger than a quarter up to maybe the size of, I don't know, a, a large jawbreaker. They're not really oh. that big. And you, got to, you need hundreds of pounds of them in order <laughs> to be making these beers. Where, where do these hops come from? Uh, typically around here, Yakima Valley in Washington. Okay. Um, they need to be grown higher uh, north on the, what is it, the latitude line. Um, so, some come from Germany, but most of us are using American hops. Okay. Uh, unless we're getting them from New Zealand for those, like like you mentioned earlier, Nelson. Nelson is an uh, exclusive hop to New Zealand. Gotcha. Okay. Well, very cool. And then so take, if you can... Pretend like you're talking to a fifth grader, right? Describe for dummies, because we're dummies, probably most of you guys out there too, like how do you make beer? Like take us through <laughs> the steps of beer making. Well, I mean, first thing is uh, once you get your recipe, it's mainly all about the grain. And, you know, we have different base malts, special, different specialty malts. We figure out what flavor profiles we want and we mix it into our lauder ton, which is basically a big vessel with a screen on the bottom of it. Okay. So you put your grain and water in there and you wait for the uh, conversion to happen. And that's basically taking those carbohydrates from the grain and turning it into a sugar that could be eaten by yeast. So after you've uh, drained all the liquid out of that grain, you have something that tastes like cereal water. <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Throw that in your brew kettle, boil it up, add your hops in there to give it some bitterness, give it some depth to your hop flavor. You're gonna cool that down, throw it in your fermenter, put your yeast in there. And again, you know, there's a hundred different types of yeast. Right. So depending on what your yeast you're going for, uh, is gonna really impact the flavor of your beer. Hmm. And then, you know, all that yeast will eat all that sugar, give you alcohol. <laughs> Once that's all done, throw in your dry hops and then package it off and drink. <laughs> so you've got, so you've got uh, yeast, you have hops, you have, what was the other element we're talking about? Ye- yeah, yeast. Grain. Grains. Grain. Type of grain. And, and water. Right? And, and water. water. Okay. Water is real important. Water and is important. And science. <laughs> so an offshoot of that. So again, going back to Alpine Brewing Company, back in the, I say the old days, like 10 years ago, my... He knows Chris. My friend and I would go out and we'd get uh, jugs from Steve out there of Nelson. We love Nelson. Yeah. And they had their own well actually on that facility. And when they went to um, Green Flash and started mass producing the stuff and made that contract with them, the Nelson did not taste the same. Absolutely. Did not. And I'm assuming it had to do with the water. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So water's so a big all deal. All the ingredients are, are really that delicate where if you change one water source, you'll have two different beers. 
water is probably the most important thing in the brewing process. Oh, wow. There you go. The chemistry of that. I mean, that's why certain German beers are so much better than what we can replicate out here. The, the original Pilsner is known by from the Carlsbad water out there. It's just a really soft water, and it makes their Pilsner beer like anything else. Huh. It's very hard to recreate. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'm, I'm intrigued that water is the most important ingredient. I would always think it would be hops would be the best one. Hops are important, but, I mean, if you don't have good water starting out, it's, yeah. it's just a recipe for failure. That's the base. Yes. So as somebody who clearly you have a lot of passion and it, it's a craft for you. So what um, in San Diego, what are some of the other breweries where you're like, yeah, they're doing good beer? Like, what do you like? Um, Besides Abnormal, Diego, obviously. <laughs> You know, Burgeon is probably one of my favorites. I live up near those guys, so I get their beer quite often. Uh, Rip Current does a pretty good job on a few of their beers. I've been drinking their uh, Czech lager a lot lately. They've been okay. killing it with that. Um, and there, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Uh, Pure Project. Yep. Big fan of those guys. Sure. I'm really... Uh, a lager drinker most of the time. So oh, you if, are? if you have a good light lager or a good pilsner, <laughs> yeah, you're I'm in. There. That's where you're at. Yeah, nice. I know we're kind of opposite, like the heavier stuff. But oh, don't the, get me wrong, I love a good hoppy beer. But it's yeah. like, yeah, I'll drink one of those. No, and, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. If you're sitting you're down good. for like, yeah, four or five hours hanging out with friends, like you can't drink six or seven of these. You're gonna be on the floor. I get off work and go home with my kids. I can't drink in an Imperial IPA. You know, I got to have my wits about me. Those kids are smart. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, they, they're getting smarter the older they get. So we found, I, I, I know in California, and I'm not just saying this, kiss your guys' ass, because it's absolutely true, is my favorite beers in California are uh, Almanac, oh, yeah. uh, Moonraker, and Abnormal. No joke. Right on. I, I, I think Abnormal... Like just across the board, the stuff you guys do here in San Diego, it's it's craft to the point where you can really taste the art. Yeah, and it and it's big enough where you find it, which is nice because a lot of those things, like like down here, try find Moonraker, good luck because it's gone like that. Like Bottle yeah. Shop will have it, boom, gone. Um, but I think that those three breweries for me in California are my favorites. Right on. Yeah. You guys are really taking that next step in the scene for us I think so it's like obviously we came from where we came from with uh, Bow's Point and they did their thing but you guys are propelling that next step like you're the forefront of this yeah so what do you got what do you got coming down the line what are you working on right now I I got uh, going back to the basics (laughs) we just put out a light lager that I I'm really stoked on 4% American light lager really easy to drink Um, we got a German pills coming out uh, let's see. We got a new IPA coming out, another version of this, a little bit more resinous, though. Nice. Not, not so fruit forward, a little bit more of the. Piney. Yeah, piney yeah, and resin right kind of character. Nice. Um, working on a few other recipes as we speak, but I think we're going to be bringing back uh, one of uh, our favorites, uh, Turbidity, mm. is a double dry, or not double dry hop, a double hazy. I had that. And yeah, we maybe. rotate the hops on that. So Dude, I love that. We'll I can't find it anymore. Yeah. So that's why, because it's gone. It's a seasonal, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we're going to be putting that out soon. So how does it work, uh, like, when you're in a brewing facility like this? Is mm-hmm. it like a mad scientist lab where you're like, oh, I'm going to try this, and then you try it? Like, how, how does that progression, it's almost like a prototype for like a car, for example, right? Yeah, that's where a good you, question. How many of these yeah. fail? 
Yeah. Um, I've been pretty fortunate not to have uh, <laughs> many failures. Um, got a lot of, well, you know, back when I was in fall, we were putting out two to four new beers every month. Oh, wow. And we were, every single one of them seemed to be a success. So I uh, have a good lineage behind me. You know, I didn't write all those recipes. I got to write a few of them. I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's yeah, it's, I, what I usually try and do is I take my, okay, what do I want? What are the flavors I want? And then I try and work backwards from that, creating a recipe. Yeah. And we've had pretty good success with it. Are there any, so, oh, I'm sorry, go no, ahead. Go ahead. So, no, I'm just trying to get to the core of you. So do you, when you approach the beer, like you just explained, you're more in the science part of this, where it's kind of like, this is, this is the end product. The chemistry. You know, the yeah, chemistry, the saying, science yeah. part of it. I need to get it perfect to get to that. Or is this more like, the journey of creativity that you're on. Probably more the journey of creativity, not so much the science. Uh, you know, water profile is there. I, I've got brewing calculators that help me out with that. Um, but yeah, it's it's more just like, this is what I've done in the past. This is what's worked. And we're gonna kind of use that knowledge to go from there. Nice. Is there any ingredient that you're dying to put in a beer? Strata. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be ordering nice. some Strata hops. Uh, it's one of my favorite new hops that's come out. And uh, as far as I know, Abnormal has not used it yet. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I actually was yeah. just writing a recipe uh, nice. before I came in with you guys for that. So. And are they also from Washington? or? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So what makes it a new hop? Um, well, they haven't used it yet. Um, yeah, if I might be mistaken, but I believe it's a cross between Citra and Mosaic. Nice, and those are two like of the that. most popular hops out right now. Yeah, and they are. Strata is just starting to come in. Yeah, yeah. we got to do a few beers with that in the past, and they all turned out great. That's awesome. Yeah. So they have ratings on these things. We'll wrap up in a minute because I know she's going to wrap us. Ooh. But they have ratings IBUs. Okay, mm -hmm. so when you get back to hops, so are the hops. The main thing that determines the IBUs on those? Yes. I would imagine, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's all about your the resin content and the alpha acids associated with it. That's what it breaks down in your boil and adds to the bitterness. Got it. And what's a, what's the highest IBU you guys have here? Um, I'm not really sure. Probably executive pour. It's probably in the 70s or 80s. That's a big one. Wow. That's a big one. Yeah. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. Most of the stuff I like is like in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Know, right. That's that going to be your most West Coast yeah. beers. It's yeah. In the, in the ballpark. Yeah, for sure. But uh, executive pour is basically, we call it a double IPA, but it's just shy of 10%. I mean, it's a it's hot barley wine. It's almost a triple. It's delicious. It's, it's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Goes down easy. It doesn't go down like a 10% beer. Right, right. Yeah, that's... That's the danger and beauty of these things. So we were talking to um, Matt about like the like what the business is doing moving forward, and breweries are interesting because there's and you know this there's small breweries in San Diego they're all they're very boutiquey small batches, all the money comes in the front door, and they're almost selling nothing out the back door. And then there's the bigger ones that sell eighty percent of their business out right. the back door and very little out the front door. And, so we're kind of asking them about like what the projection is, like what they're trying to do here. And it sounds like you guys are trying to scale to some extent, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what, like I'd love to go 
to other parts of the country. I saw you guys stuff in Trader Joe's the yes. other day, which I was like, wow, that's awesome. Um, but it'd be cool to like, how far out are you guys right now? Uh, when Like if you go to Nevada, is it there? You go to, you know what I'm saying? We have a small presence in Nevada. Yeah. We have a small presence in Arizona. Yeah. And I believe we're just really San Diego, Orange County and Riverside. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, we can only produce so much beer. It just, right. you know, every time our distributor asks for something, it's like, right. oh, you want that much? Well, we have this much to give you just because we can't, we can't right, keep right. up. So is it, yeah. and, and there has to be a quality control thing. We talked about Alpine before. Mm -hmm. So they ran into that issue, Absolutely. which was, you know, Steve's like, yeah, I'll sell you this much and you can produce, you know, uh, you can produce Nelson, you can produce some of our other stuff and under your, but you know, once you change the water, mm -hmm. once you go to a the bigger most scale, ingredient. Yeah, once you go to bigger scale, things can change. Um, so that's something probably, I'm guessing that the business and the craft side probably conflict over sometimes, right? Which is like quality control versus scale. To a degree, they let us have pretty good control here to make sure that we're sending out the best possible product. You know, if we need to tell the distributor to wait, that's what we're going to have to do to make yeah. sure that that product is on point for when the consumer has it. Yeah, that's a great answer. And to be fair, I mean, like I just said, I was looking for that. What was the one beer you told me? The Double Hazy? It was called... Oh, Turbidity. Yeah. Like, yes. I, I was at Jensen's down the street from me. I live in Point Loma. And it was there for, like, last summer. And I was buying those four packs. And all of a sudden, it was gone. It was like, where'd it go? No! <laughs> no! But we just found out it's seasonal. So it's, it's coming back. It's coming back. Exactly. But look, I'm desiring it. That's kind of good. You right pull on. it back a little bit. Like... That's, you know? that's called the takeaway in sales right there. Yes, it is called the takeaway. Make the people want more. Yeah. So um, we really appreciate you taking time to sit down. I know that uh, Jason's got to go pick up his kids, get his family together, get out of here. We appreciate you uh, coming and sitting down with us and sharing all this information. Absolutely. I'm sure that everybody out there is, their minds are blown because they have no idea how to make beer, and hopefully you made it a little simpler for them. <laughs> um, any home brewers at home? be inspired yes absolutely so thank you so much for sitting down with us absolutely thanks, thanks for coming out guys you. thank you so much cheers cheers cheers